Welcome to the Purse Podcast. My name is Jana Hlistova and we are changing the conversation for women about money and investing. I'm super excited about my guest today, Gillian Fleming. Gillian is currently founding director and CEO of Mint Ventures, an angel group focused on investing in women-led and diverse teams with a social, ethical, or environmental purpose. She also represents Kiro Development's partners in Scotland, a private VC that invests in early-stage engineering-related startup companies. She's also Entrepreneurial Scotland Saltier Fellow, a mentor for Women's Enterprise Scotland, as well as being an active angel investor. Now, in this podcast interview, Gillian talks about female entrepreneurship in the UK. We talk about female founders and why access to capital continues to be a challenge. We talk about female investors and why more women investing into female-led innovation is key. And Gillian tells us about Mint Ventures, the angel syndicate she co-founded, what they invest in, and importantly, how we encourage more women to invest. I hope you enjoy this podcast interview as much as I did. Please note that this podcast interview is for informational purposes only. We do not provide investment advice. Gillian, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you on today. Hi, Dana. Thank you very much. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. And before we get into it, I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to where you are today. So it all started out some 20 odd years ago. I started out actually in the power generation industry in a sales and marketing background. And that's where I got really involved in company growth. And the company I was working for at the time, Howden, they grew by acquisition. And of course, this brought all sorts of problems with clash of cultures and merging cultures. And then from there, I then moved into the technology transfer, developing ideas and projects, research projects from universities and growing them into companies of scale. And that's where I really cut my teeth and learned all about the entrepreneurial ecosystem and the investment ecosystem, started working with lots of investors. So you could possibly say that I became a gamekeeper turned poacher when I then finally saw the light and moved over Mm -hmm. to the investment side of things. And I think what really was the catalyst in doing that was that I went off to do an experiential MBA called the Saltire Fellowship. And that really changed my attitude to risk and it really boosted my confidence. So when I came back from that, I set up as a consultant and then I started working on the idea of Mint Ventures with my fellow co-founders. That's fantastic. And why are you interested in female entrepreneurship and women investing in female-led innovation? So while I have been working in this sector, in the sort of entrepreneurial ecosystem for, for 20 odd years, I usually ended up being the only woman on the board of some of these companies that were created, these spin-out companies that were created. I began to notice more and more that it was very much a male-dominated industry. I was usually the only woman at most meetings, not just board meetings. And I decided that I really wanted to do something about that. 
not just in terms of investment, but in terms of diversity on boards and diversity in the investment sector itself as well. And so if we think about female entrepreneurship in the UK today, what's your view on female entrepreneurship and why are women still growing their startups with less capital than men? With the Rose Review and all the statistics that have been well published now in the UK, the updated Rose Review has shown that 37% more women have started up their own companies, which is fantastic to hear. And also the fact that women do ask for less. And I think the reason they ask for less capital to grow their company is because we do things differently. And what we do differently is that we develop more sustainable companies with less capital. And quite often we find that women maybe don't take a salary when they perhaps should be taking a salary. They also have a different attitude to risk. So we're not risk averse, but we have a different approach to risk. So we may require more information to make the decisions to take the company forward. So we really do recognize that at Mint Ventures, that there's a whole different ecosystem that needs to be addressed. The current system is broken and no amount of mentoring will fix that. And, and we quite often see articles about more mentoring required for women. That's not what the issue is. It's understanding how women do things differently that will help fix this ecosystem. And just to talk a little bit more about the statistics, if women were to start companies at the same rate as men, there would be an additional $250 billion to the economy. And this is what we're trying to do at Mint Ventures, is to help shift that dial and support more women entrepreneurs to grow their company. I don't mean to put you on the spot here, Gillian, but do you think if more women with money were available to female entrepreneurs that female entrepreneurs would be asking for more? I mean, I completely appreciate women do do things differently. I just wonder how much of that is a result of the system not actually working in women's favor. But if women who have capital and can invest in the startup ecosystem and want to invest in female-led innovation, if there were more women doing that, would women be more able to access the capital that they actually need? Yes, I think the problem is twofold. So there's an educational piece required regardless of whether there are women out there with capital or not. So we need this educational piece to let women know that they perhaps could become angel investors. And that comes back round to part of the purpose of Mint Ventures in that we're trying to support women in gender appropriate language to understand what's involved in angel investing. I think there's quite a lot of myths out there as to what's involved in angel investing and how much capital you perhaps have to put into angel investing. So if there was more access to capital, then yes, women would be able to scale their companies more efficiently because they have that access to capital. The Rose Review has summarised that it's access to capital and it's access to networks. And they're the two key issues that women address is getting on that first step of the ladder to get introductions to angel investors and to also network with other 
advisors and mentors and people that can support the company, but also is the access to capital. And to have access to this capital, there needs to be more decisions being made by women. And two of the key statistics just to highlight there is that in the UK alone, 90% of venture capital firms, the decisions are being made by men. And in terms of angel investors, it's 15% of angel investors in the UK are women. It's slightly worse in Scotland. It's only 12% of angel investors are actually women. I know these figures and I continue to be shocked by them. We still have a way to go. I mean, tremendous progress is being made. You refer to the Rose Review and there are angel syndicates, angel networks specifically focusing on women. We're going to talk about Mint Ventures in a little bit, but there's still so much work to do. And you mentioned access to capital. It's so important for women to have access to capital, to access investors who keep their gender bias in check so that when women present, they talk about their companies, they present their innovation, their product, their services, that investors judge them on the merit of their company, on what it is that they're building, on the traction they've been able to generate in the marketplace and not consider gender as relevant. Yeah, and I think also part of the issue is the sectors that many angel groups support. So women typically tend to start their companies up in the sort of underrepresented sectors of creative industries, retail, food and drink, marketplace technology. And these are the sectors that Mint Ventures are really keen to support. And there are other groups out there supporting these sectors, but they're seen not to have the 10x returns that most investors are looking for. But what we're more looking for is sustainability. And we're happy if we get three to five times returns. It's not always about the end financial goal at the end of the day. That's a really important distinction. Not writing off startups because they're not going to generate a 100x return or even a 10x return. Gillian, so you co-founded an angel syndicate called Mint Ventures to provide funding for female entrepreneurs who still struggle to raise early stage and growth finance. Can you tell us about the syndicate in a little bit more detail and how it helps female entrepreneurs? And feel free to share your selection criteria for your investments. Mint Ventures was carefully crafted. We took some time to get our value offering just right. It was carefully crafted with a lot of support and help from Link Scotland, who are the umbrella organisation for angel groups in Scotland, and also Jenny Tooth at UKBAA, which is obviously the umbrella organisation for the whole of the UK. Mint Ventures actually came out the back of a pilot project that was run by Women's Enterprise Scotland. So we have kind of been born out of Women's Enterprise Scotland. And the pilot project was around trying to encourage more women to consider angel investing. And what we found from our research from that is that women are really interested in products and services that meet their needs and interests. And coupled with that, they're also really keen to do some kind of purpose-led investing. And, and we define that as social, ethical, or environmental. You could map that onto ESG, but we prefer to talk about it in those terms because it's more relatable. And we also found from our research that there's a huge gap at what was always the traditional angel investing, you know, the 50K to 250K. That's how angel investing started out. And many angel groups are moving up the food chain. 
And there's now a bit of a gap at this early stage area, which also ties in nicely with the fact that women do actually ask for less and that they are more likely to have companies in those sectors that women are actually interested in. And in fact, the UK BAA have done research into women investing and women are 50% more likely to invest in other women. So that was all taken into consideration when we were preparing our value proposition. In terms of our criteria, we look for there to be at least one woman in the leadership team and or on the board. So we're looking for that diversity of thought, which is crucial for innovation. And we also look for the founder to be coachable as well. That's really important to us for them to understand what skill sets they have and what added value they require. When companies are applying to us, they have to determine what their purpose actually is. So it's not something that we just pay lip service to. It has to be measurable. We don't make it overly onerous for them to measure, but it has to be measurable and it has to thread through the veins of the company. On the flip side of what we're doing, we're trying to encourage more women into angel investing. And we're doing that through a structured gender-specific training program, which can take anything from six months to a year. We allow all members to have a year to complete it but they could do it in six months if they would like to. And what's different about that is that there's three or four different ways you can join an angel group and become a certified investor. The majority of angel groups in the UK only onboard high net worth. So that's somebody that earns more than £100,000 a year or has net assets of more than £250,000, not including their place of residence or they're a director of a company that has revenues of more than a million. The other way, of course, if you have an investment background, and that's how I fell into angel investing, was finding out that I could actually angel invest because I had the expertise to do so. And so we're really trying to get the message out there to women from all walks of life that you could become an angel investor by joining and training with us for six months and then being able to self-certify. And I don't think a lot of women are aware of this, that if they're to join your six-month training program, they can then be eligible to make their first investment. That's super exciting. And it does get rid of the myth, doesn't it, that you do need a certain amount of money So there is a way in for women who may have less capital to invest in startups, but are really keen to start learning and engaging. We're basically trying to democratize angel investing for business women. And part of our six-month training program is almost like a mini leadership cohort. So we're taking existing transferable skills and gearing them up to be able to angel invest. And that involves modules such as board governance. We cover how to analyze an opportunity. We obviously cover the fundamentals of angel investing and how that works. We cover all the tax benefits, which again, many women are not aware of the very lucrative tax system that we have here in the UK, where we have two tax allowances, one called Entrepreneurial Investment Scheme and one called the Seed Entrepreneur Investment Scheme. And The latter of the two, the seed one, you can get up to 50% tax back in any investment if, of course, the company has qualified for it. There's no other country in Europe has these tax benefits to encourage investment in our startup ecosystem. 
And again, you're dispelling the myth of this type of activity being extremely high risk. I mean, that's not to suggest that investing in startups is not risky, but it really depends how we define risk and what your overall investment strategy is. We never talk about investing in any asset and especially not in startups if you're an angel investor by putting all of your net worth into one startup. Now, that is extremely risky and that's probably very foolish as well. But allocating a certain percentage, might be a very small percentage of your net worth into several startups at specific stages of growth, for example, that diversifies your investment and actually de-risks your money as well. Absolutely, Anna. The tax benefits really do help de-risk, but I would like to reiterate at this point that angel investing is high risk and we are very clear about that through all our training and education that you should never invest more than you can afford to lose. And we have reduced the ticket size as well. That's something else we've done to make it more accessible because what we really want to do is be the entry level into angel investing. And once women have gained their confidence, they may want to do more. They may want to invest in more high-tech market sectors. They may want to join other angel groups. What we're doing is all about increasing financial confidence and taking control of their own money. And the ticket size we have per deal is £2,000. So if that was an SEIS relevant opportunity, then of course, that would de-risk it down to £1,000. That's incredible. Because what would you say the average investment into a startup is in the UK for early stage companies? The companies that are approaching us at the moment, we're seeing anything from 100 to 300000 I mean, I've seen as low as 50, but usually if they're going to be raising investment, it's worthwhile raising a bit more because obviously you have all the legal expenses and the deal fees and everything that's around that. So that's around the deal sizes we're seeing at the moment. But of course, different angel groups have different criteria and they invest at different levels. So I don't actually have data on what the overall average is right now for these sort of earlier stage companies. And in terms of what investors put in, I guess it varies between five to 10,000, sometimes 25,000, depending on how experienced, how confident, how much capital you've got access to. Again, these are just averages. So my point is your entry, you know, how much women have to invest as a minimum, there's really very little. Yeah. And with some of our sort of very early stage members, they do tend to maybe the first deal do around the two and a half, three mark. But there's no pressure, absolutely no pressure on having to do a larger amount. I'd say our average ticket at the moment in some of our deals is around the sort of £6,000 mark. But you're right that the average ticket size, I think, UK-wide for angel investment is about 25000 Yeah. Gillian, it's no secret that we need more women to invest. So we've been talking about that and to invest in ideally female-led companies because women need the investment What are some of the ways that we can move the needle on encouraging more women to invest in addition to the work that you're doing? Is there anything else that comes to mind and it might be at the government level, policy level, corporate level that can help move the needle here? At the end of the day, it's all about collaboration, collaborating as much as we can with other angel groups, with everybody in the ecosystem and lobbying the government. I mean, the the UK Business Angels Task Force is already in place. And my co-founder, Lynn Cadenhead, sits on that group and led by Jenny Tooth and Nat West. And 
the plan is to hopefully get some funding from the UK government to carry on a series of pilot roadshows that we've already carried out in Scotland. It was the Women Backing Women campaign. And we really need to roll out this educational piece. This is absolutely key going forwards. One or two little angel groups on their own won't be able to make significant difference. But if we do get the funding to take this forward, then I think we can reach out to so many more women that potentially are completely unaware of how they can get involved and use their business skill sets to support angel investing and help give back. There is a little philanthropic element to angel investing as well. Some of our members are really keen to give back as well as potentially get a return further down the line. So there, you know, there's the support and help they can offer to help with mentoring with the, the companies that they've invested in. But what we really do need is spreading the word and paving the way for more women to find out about angel investing and, and join some of these groups throughout the UK. I'm curious, Gillian, what were some of the questions that came out during the roadshow? Because I think that's how I first heard about you. I was reading about the fact that you were going on this roadshow with Mint Ventures. What a great idea. Can you think of any questions that might have come up from the women that you interacted with or any kind of anecdotal information that might be useful to share? We had quite a few key learnings from the roadshow, actually. One of the key learnings was that the peer-to-peer -peer learning element of joining the angel group was significantly more important to members or potential members. They really wanted to know who else they'd be meeting and being able to self-identify, well, you know, what does another angel investor look like? And then when we had these roadshows, we brought together entrepreneurs that might think about angel investing further down the line or might be thinking about it now. And we introduced them to potential angels. And we also had a mix of existing women angels. And I think that made such a difference, them all being able to meet each other and say, well, you're just like me. And it's this whole self-identification that that could be you. That worked really, really well. And the whole peer-to-peer -peer side of things is extremely important to women. That was a key learning. And the other real key learning for us was, and this is very closely related, is the advocacy women are more likely to buy in if it's been advocated to them. So I think having that time where they can ask questions, you know, on a one-to-one, -one, not necessarily in an open forum, but if you have a live networking event, there's the chance for all these conversations to take place and they can ask questions privately on a one-to-one -one basis. So the advocacy and trust was really big that came out the learnings of that. And also... The third thing that really came from it was the question of time. Every session we were asked about how much of my time will this take? And that's absolutely critical for women because as the main caregiver in most families at both ends of the spectrum and thinking about meals, jobs, pets, family, all those things, and then personal development is so always at the bottom of that queue. So that was really a big question is how much of my time is this going to take? And our answer is always, it can take as much or as little of your time as you like. If you are going to do the training, you're probably talking about a couple of hours a month. If you don't want to do the training or you feel you just want to see the pipeline of opportunities coming through, then it can be an hour every two months when we have our members meetings. So it's all about being upfront and I think being really clear to women that this is not going to suck up lots and lots of your time. But it's essentially an added string to your bow. If you put aside that you time 
for an hour or two a month. That's wonderful because I'm sure there'll be a lot of women out there thinking, oh my goodness, I'll probably have to dedicate three, four hours a night for six, seven weeks. And then what you've just explained there, Gillian, it really does not take up too much time. So really, there's very little reason why not to do something like this if you're interested in investing in startups and interested in learning more about the startup ecosystem. And also meeting other women. I think it's so powerful, women coming together and learning together and sharing their experiences and insights. Yes, I mean, I forgot to mention the fun aspect of it all, but the networking aspect of it all as well is fun. It's really good fun. And you never know what these conversations can lead to. You know, they could lead to a a new track in your career because you've met somebody or ultimately it could lead to a role in one of the companies that you've invested in as well. So, yeah, the fun part of it and meeting like-minded women is a huge reason to get involved in angel investing. And I'm assuming that you can attend the training program online or is it all in person? It's all online. We launched during the pandemic last December and it's just been so much more accessible and easy for our members to do this online. We do at the moment have two face-to-face events so that everybody can meet and network face-to-face. And that seems to work quite well as a balance, but everything else is online and also That means that we have it all available online, you know, in terms of playback. So it can suit, even if you're not available at those times, you can then go and catch up in our members area on the website at a later date. So in order to help women make a decision whether angel investing is for them or not, Mint Ventures do offer a free taster course. And you can click through to that from our website, mintventures.co.uk. And the taster course takes just over an hour and it goes through the modules that we will actually do training sessions on if you join us and become a member. But it's really great to get an overview. And and actually quite a lot of women looking to raise money, entrepreneurs also go in and do our taster course just to give them a better education on what's involved in the process of angel investing. Gillian, thank you so much for sharing as much as you have. This is fascinating and you're doing wonderful and important work. So thank you. I have one more question. What's your message or advice to women who have the capital but simply do not invest in female-led innovation? So your final thoughts, what do you say to them? What's your final takeaway? It would be to get involved, you know, use your skill set have the confidence to realize that you do have skills. If you've worked in business, you have got the skill set to become involved in angel investing. We've had a few members join us who have actually said on their first discussion, their first conversation, that they're not sure that they're the right fit or they're not sure they're good enough. And it's all back to this confidence issue that if you've worked in business, you've got business skills and there's no reason why you can't learn about angel investing and get involved. And then you can really make a difference. I mean, this could leave part of a legacy behind. You could really make a difference. And I would also ask everyone to just tell all the women in your life about this. And we're working with other angel groups and giving that message out too. It's pass on the message. Tell all the women in your life that this is something that they could get involved in and really make a difference. That's wonderful, Gillian. Thank you so much for today. You're very welcome. Thank you, Dana. Thank you for joining me today. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me online at Join the Purse or you can subscribe to our newsletter, jointhepurse.substack.com.
www.ashleyjohnson.com. Until next time, goodbye.